بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما إن شاء الله today we will start where we left off last week Last week we spoke about how Christianity entered Najran. And Najran is a city in present-day Saudi Arabia that borders Yemen. And we spoke about Fimion, Fimion who was a Christian monk from Asham, from greater Syria. And he went to Africa to do da'wah, to call people to the deen of Isa alayhi salam. The true, the true religion of Isa alayhi salam, the religion of Tawheed. So he went to Africa to call the people to Tawheed and while he was in Africa, a gang kidnapped him and they sold him into slavery and the person who bought him was a man from Najran. So this man bought him and took him back to Najran where Fimion served as his slave. And this man saw Fimion practicing his religion, the religion of Christianity, the religion of Isa alayhi salam, the religion of Tawheed. And he saw some of the miracles that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had granted to this man and he was amazed at it. And he got into a conversation with him. And Fimion wanted his master to accept Christianity, to accept Tawheed. But he was hesitant to do so. And at that time, the people of Najran, they had a tree that they used to worship. So Fimion said to his master, if my Lord or if my God destroys your God, then will you believe in my God? And he said, of course, if your God destroys my God, then I will believe in your God. So he said, okay, gather the people in front of that tree that you worship and let us see who is victorious. So he said, okay, he gathered the people of Najran to witness and Fimion started making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show these people a sign to destroy this tree, this object of their worship, this false god of theirs. Fimion made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to destroy that tree and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered his dua and sent a bolt of lightning that destroyed that tree. And when the people witnessed this, they believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They accepted the religion of Isa alayhi salam and they became Christians. So this is how Christianity entered Najran. Now a group of those Christians led by a man named Abdullah ibn Thamir, a group of them went from Najran to Yemen. And we know at that time, as we spoke about last week, the ruler of Yemen at that time was Dhunuas. And Dhunuas was a man who was corrupted in his beliefs. Even though his father, Tabban As'ad, who we spoke about previously, his father accepted Judaism and he was the first man who covered the Kaaba with Kiswa. He was a good man. But this son of his, Dhunuas, he became corrupted. And he had a lot of magicians that he used to employ in his court and he used them 
to hold on to his power and his control over the people. So these Christians who went from Najran to Yemen, they practiced their religion secretly. They didn't expose themselves as Christians because they knew if Dhunuas were to find out about their affair, that they were Christians and they were on the religion of Isa alayhi salam, that he would harm them or he would perhaps kill them. So Dhunuas, he, as we said, he employed many magicians and his chief magician, his most powerful magician was getting very old. So he told Dhunuas, this magician, he told Dhunuas, he said, I'm getting old and you know, I don't know how much time I have left. I want to teach this witchcraft. I want to teach magic to someone so they can carry on my legacy after I pass away. So Dhunuas understood this and he thought that that would be something for his benefit as well. He thought, okay, if my chief magician dies, I need someone who knows magic like he does so I can hold on to my kingdom and keep control the way I want to keep control. So he agreed to this request from his chief magician and he found a young boy who was very intelligent, who was very smart. So Dhunuas selected this boy to learn magic from this chief magician. And this chief magician, he used to live on a mountain top. So Dhunuas, the king, he sent this young boy to go learn magic from this magician. So every day, the young boy, he would walk from his home to the dwelling of the magician, which was on top of the mountain. So he would make this journey every day, going to the magician, learning magic, and then coming back to his home. Now on the way from the boy's home to the magician's home on the mountain, on the way, there was a dwelling of a monk, a Christian monk, one of those Christians who had come from Najran, who had settled in Yemen. So his house happened to be on the way from the boy's house to the magician's house. So when the boy would walk to the magician's house to learn magic on the way, he would pass by this Christian monk's house and he would hear him reciting the Injil. He would hear him reciting the Injil. And he became mesmerized by this and he was very impressed with it. So on his way to the magician, he started stopping by the monk's house for some time and speaking to him and learning about Christianity from him. And then when he spent some time with the monk, he would continue on his journey to the magician's house on the mountain and he would learn magic from the magician. So he was learning Christianity from the monk and magic from the magician at the same time. Now, of course, he would spend some time with the monk learning the Injil. And then when he would go to the magician's house, he would be late. He would not be there on time because he was spending too much time with the monk. So the magician would berate him. And the magician would punish him whenever he came late. So he told the monk that this is what's happening. Now every day I'm coming to the magician's house and I'm late every day because I'm stopping on the way to speak with you. And whenever he sees that I come late, he punishes me. So the monk said to the boy, he said, if you go late to the magician's house, just tell him that your family caused you to be late. 
and if you are late going back to your family's house then tell them that the magician kept you late so that they don't punish you and they don't say anything to you and they don't find out about us they don't find about out about you and me speaking to each other just blame your lateness at the magician's house on your family and blame your lateness back to your family on the magician and don't say anything about me you don't want the people to find out that you are coming and speaking to me and learning from me so this continued for some time the young boy he would go and speak to the christian monk and learn christianity from him and then he would go to the magician and learn magic from him one day when he was on his way on the road there was this big type of creature a big creature and the people were unable to pass go past that creature they were scared of it so the young boy saw this as an opportunity to see who is actually teaching me the right thing should i follow the religion of this christian monk or should i continue with the magician so he said this beast in the middle of the road this is a perfect opportunity for me to find out what the right path is so he picked up a stone and he said oh allah if the christian monk is more beloved to you than the sorcerer if the christian monk is more beloved to you than this magician then kill this beast kill this creature and he threw the stone at the creature and the creature died the creature died so this was his proof this was the proof that the boy asked for and from that point on he knew that the religion of tawhid the religion of isa alayhi salam that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone is worthy of worship this is the true path so he went to the monk and he told him about what happened and then the monk told him today you have become better than me today you are greater than me but i fear that some trial will come to you now i fear that some test is going to come to you now so be aware that you may be tested and this young boy he became so close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so devoted to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him many miracles allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave this young boy many miracles allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would cure blind people through him allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would cure people who had the disease of leprosy through this boy and other diseases as well this boy would make dua to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure these people and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would cure them and this became known the people started talking about it and the people came to know that this boy people who go to him he asks allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for these needs and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers his dua so there was one man who worked for dhunuas he was in the royal court of dhunuas and he was blind and when he came to know about this boy he thought that i can go to this boy and i can see again so this man who worked in the court of the king dhunuas he went to the boy and he said that i hear that you cure people from blindness i hear that you cure people from blindness 
And the boy said, no, I do not cure anyone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who cures. And then he said, okay, what do I need to do to be cured of my blindness? He said, you need to believe in Allah. Believe that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone worthy of worship without any partner. Believe in Allah. He said, okay, I believe in Allah. Then the boy made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure this man of his blindness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cured him and the man could see again. Now, as we said, this man, he worked in the royal court. He was always with the king. So one day he sat in his normal place in the court of the king. And the king saw that his blindness was cured. So he asked him, how did your eyesight come back? How are you able to see? And the man replied, Allah cured me. Allah cured me. So the king was surprised at this. What are you talking about? What is this new thing that you're bringing up? So he started to ask him questions about where did he get this new belief? And this man remained silent. He wouldn't tell the king. He wouldn't tell him anything. He didn't tell him about the boy. But the king continued to torture him and torture him and torture him until finally he told him about the boy. So then the king, he knew that this is the same boy that I was sending for magic. So he called for that boy to come in front of him. And he said to him, you have learned so much magic now that you are able to cure people of blindness and leprosy? And then he said, no. It's not magic and it's not me who is curing them. It is Allah. It is Allah alone who is curing them. So then the king became very angry. He became so angry because this is the boy that he selected to go learn magic from the magician. And instead he learned Tawheed and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is granting him miracles through this belief. So he became very mad at the boy. And he said to the boy, who taught you this? Who taught you this? And the boy refused to speak. He wouldn't say anything about the monk that he was learning from. Until he was tortured and tortured and tortured so much that finally he said, I learned this from such and such Christian monk. So the king ordered for that Christian monk to be brought in front of him. And he said to him, renounce your religion right now. Renounce the religion of Isa alayhi salam. Renounce the religion of Tawheed. And the monk refused. He said, I will not renounce it. So the king ordered for him to be executed by bringing a saw and cutting him in two pieces through his head. So he was cut into two pieces. And this was witnessed by the boy and by the man who worked in the court of the king who was cured from his blindness. They both saw this happening. So this is how they killed the monk. The king killed the monk. Then he took that man who worked in his court, the man who was cured for blindness, and he said the same thing to him. The king said the same thing to him. Renounce this religion. Renounce your religion. And the man refused. He said, I will not renounce it. So he ordered the same thing to be done to him. So he was sawed in half. His body was split into two pieces and he was executed in this manner. So the boy witnessed both of these executions. He witnessed 
his teacher, the Christian monk being executed, and he also witnessed this man of the royal court who was cured of blindness. He also witnessed him being executed. So the king thought that, okay, he's going to see this and he will learn his lesson and he will leave this religion. So he said to the young boy, now you renounce your religion or I'm going to kill you like I killed them. But the boy, he remained firm on his iman and he refused to renounce the religion of Isa alayhi salam. He refused to renounce the religion of Tawheed. So the king ordered for his execution. But he didn't order for his execution in the same way. Rather, he gathered some of his court and he said to them, take him on the top of a mountain. Take him on the top of a mountain and throw him down from that mountain. This is how we are going to execute this boy. So he sent his men with this boy to the top of the mountain. So they're at the top of the mountain and they're about to throw him down and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes a big earthquake to happen. Right at that moment, a big earthquake happens and all of those people, the king's men, they fall off the mountain. But the boy is safe, he's okay. So all of the king's men are dead and the kid is safe and he goes back to the king. And the king is surprised to see him. He said, what happened? What happened to all of the people? I sent them to go and throw you off the mountain. How are you back here? Where are they? And then he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved me from them. So the king was very angry now. He's very upset. He gathered another group of his men and he said, go take him into the deep sea. Take him into the sea and throw him in the sea. Drown him in the sea. So a group of the men, they took a boat and they took the boy and they went deep into the sea. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused the waves to become very powerful and strong and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused those people who were in that boat to fall out of the boat and they fell into the water and they all drowned except the boy. He survived. He survived. And he came back to the king again. Now the king is very shocked and surprised. Every time he's sending for this boy to be executed, he's coming back safe and sound. And his men are the ones who are dying instead of the boy dying. So whatever way he tried to kill him, he was unable to kill him. And this shows us a lesson that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives life and the one who causes death. Even if the whole, whole world wants to conspire to kill you, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want you to die, you're not going to die. And even if the whole world conspires to keep you alive, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written that you're going to die, you're going to die. Allah is al-muhyi wal-mumit. He is the one who gives life and he is the one who causes death and nobody shares this power with him. So the king was seeing this. The king was seeing that this boy, no matter how we try to kill him, he's just not dying. So the boy actually gives the king a suggestion. He says, you want to kill me? You want to kill me? I will tell you the way, the only way that you can kill me. I will tell you the only way that you can possibly kill me. So Dhunuwas says, okay, tell me. What should, what should I do? What do I need to do to finally get rid of you, to kill you? So he said, you need to gather the people. You need to gather all the people. You can't just do this privately. All the people have to witness this. Gather the people and tie me up to the trunk of a tree. 
Gather the people to witness and tie me up to the trunk of a tree. And then take an arrow from my quiver. And just before you're about to shoot me with it, say, Bismillahi Rabbil Ghulam. Say, Bismillahi Rabbil Ghulam. Just, just before you're about to shoot the arrow at me, say, In the name of Allah, the Lord of the boy. In the name of Allah, the Lord of the boy. So the king is desperate. The king really wants to get rid of this boy. So he says, okay, I'll do it. So he gathers all of the people. He ties the boy to the tree. The arrow is taken out of the quiver. He says, Bismillahi Rabbil Ghulam. Now think about this. Everyone is watching this. And these people who are witnessing this, they know about the attempts on this boy's life. They know that the king tried to kill him by throwing him off a mountain. They know that the king tried to kill him by throwing him into the ocean. They know that the king has tried multiple times to kill this boy and he wasn't able to do it. Now when he says, Bismillahi Rabbil Ghulam, in the name of Allah, the Lord of the boy. And then he shoots the arrow and it hits the boy in the head and the boy dies. The boy dies. But everybody witnessed that the king had no power to kill this boy on his own from the previous attempts. But once he said, in the name of Allah, the Lord of the boy, then he was able to kill him. So that flicked the light on in the minds of the people. They said, look, this king has no power. He has no power to do anything. It is Allah alone, the Lord of this boy, who is able to do all things. The only way that he was able to kill that boy was by getting the permission of Allah, the Lord of that boy, to do it. So once they witnessed this, all of them said, Amanna bi Rabbil Alameen. Amanna bi Rabbil Ghulam. We believe in the Lord of the boy. We believe in the Lord of the boy. And all of them accepted Christianity. They became Christians. They accepted the deen of Isa alayhi salam. So, Dhunuas's plan backfired on him. The reason why he wanted to kill this boy was so that this boy could not spread his religion to the people. But by killing him, it actually had the opposite effect. The people saw the way that he died and they all accepted the religion of this boy. So the king's plan backfired on him. The people plan and Allah plans, but Allah is the best of planners. So the people became Christians. They accepted the deen of Isa alayhi salam. And the boy, he sacrificed himself in order for the people to be guided to the truth. Look at the sacrifice this boy gave. He sacrificed his own life. He is the one who told the king how to kill him. He is the one who gave the king instructions on how to kill him. And the reason why he did this was because he was ready to give his life in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was ready to lose his life in this dunya for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that so many people would be guided and he would get the ajr, he would get the reward for those people being guided to Islam, to the religion of Isa alayhi salam. So he was willing to sacrifice his life. He sacrificed his life and the people were guided through him to the correct path. Subhanallah, beautiful. So all of them accepted Christianity. The king is very mad now. And he's so upset 
that he's losing control over his people. So he orders his army to dig deep trenches, to dig deep trenches along the roads. And he fills those trenches with fire. He lights a fire and fills those trenches with fire. And then he gathers the people, all of those people who witnessed what happened with the boy, who became Christians. He said to them, either you renounce your religion or be thrown into these trenches of fire. So they stood firm. They held firm to their religion and they were thrown in those fires and they were killed in that way. So they would go up to the people and say, do you renounce your religion? And they would say, no, we do not renounce our religion. We believe in Allah and they would be pushed into the fire. And this kept happening to all of them. And then the turn came for a woman, a woman who had a young baby with her, a young baby who was still nursing. And she had rahmah, she had some feeling of mercy for that baby. So when it came her turn to be pushed into that trench and she was asked, do you renounce your religion? She hesitated a little bit because she didn't want to go into that fire with her baby. So she hesitated a little bit. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused that baby to speak to his mother. And the baby said to the mother, don't worry mother, hold firm. You are on the truth. So that gave her a boost of Iman and she said, no, I do not renounce my religion and she was thrown into the fire as well. And it is said that Dhunuas killed 20,000 people in one day by throwing them into these trenches of fire. 20,000 people. So this was the evil deed that he committed for these people accepting the truth. Dhunuas killed them and slaughtered them in the most brutal way by burning them alive. And this story is mentioned in Surah Al-Buruj. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُتِلَ أَصْحَابُ الْأُخْدُودِ النَّارِ ذَاتِ الْوَقُودِ إِذْ هُمْ عَلَيْهَا قُعُودِ وَهُمْ عَلَى مَا يَفْعَلُونَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ شُهُودِ وَمَا نَقَمُوا مِنْهُمْ إِلَّا أَنْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ الْعَزِيزِ الْحَمِيدِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala curses those people who threw the believers in the trench that was filled with fire. And Dhunuas and his army and his men were just sitting and watching these people be killed. And they were witnessing this evil act. And the only reason that they did this to them, the only reason that they slaughtered them in this way is because they believed in Allah, the most mighty and the praiseworthy. So this story is recounted in Surah Al-Buruj. So he killed 20,000 of these people in one day. He killed all of them except one. One man was able to escape. One man was able to escape. And his name was Dos. His name was Dos Dhu Tha'laban. He was a Christian who witnessed what happened with the boy and he accepted Christianity, but they were not able to push him into the trench of fire. He jumped on a horse and he escaped. He jumped on a horse and he escaped. And he's the only one who escaped. And they tried to follow him. They tried to chase him, but they were unable to chase him. So he went all the way to the emperor of Sham. 
He all, went all the way to the emperor of Sham and told him about what happened. He told him that Dhunuas did this to the people. He slaughtered the people in this way for believing in Christianity. So when the emperor of Sham heard about this, he sent a letter to the Najashi of Abyssinia, the king of what is now known as Ethiopia. And that was a Christian kingdom. And what do you think the, the king of Abyssinia who was a Christian, how do you think he felt when he knew that Dhunuas killed 20,000 Christians? Of course, he became very angry. So he sent an army from Abyssinia to Yemen to take control from Dhunuas. So the Najashi of Abyssinia, he sent an army to Yemen. And the leaders of this army were Aryat and Abraha. Aryat and Abraha. And you know Abraha. You have heard the name of Abraha. Because Abraha later on, he would go to Mecca and try to destroy the Kaaba. So this army from Abyssinia was sent to Yemen and they were able to take control from Dhunuas. And Dhunuas tried to flee. He tried to escape. But while he was trying to escape, he drowned and he died in that way. And Abyssinia took control of Yemen. If you remember from the first or second lesson, we said that Rabi'ah ibn Nasr, he had a dream. He had a dream that the Abyssinians would take control of Yemen. Do you remember that? The Abyssinians would take control of Yemen. And this is what happened. This is how the Abyssinians took control of Yemen. They came to take revenge for what was done to those Christians and they exiled Dhunuas. They, they wanted to catch him. He tried to escape, but he was killed. He died while he was trying to flee. And the Abyssinian Christian kingdom took control of Yemen under the army of Abraha. And they remained in control of Yemen for about 70 years. And you know the name Abraha because he is the one who then went on to try to destroy the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Kaaba. And that incident happened in the year that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was born. And that story is recounted in Surah Al-Fil. And that happened in the year of the birth of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which we will get into next week, inshallah. Wallahu alam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.